Back, welcome back. This is episode six of the Tay Talks podcast. And as some of you may be able to see, this episode is different because we're on video, which I'm absolutely excited about having the opportunity to bring you guys new content and learn throughout this process. And I can't wait to talk about today's guest. But as some of you know, I expected to return in January. And long story short, sometimes you just have to take that opportunity to uh, reset, reflect, and do things the right way. And I hope that this time that I've taken, I've gotten better at being a podcaster, being a podcast host, and just bringing you guys great content every single day. So I took that time. I'm excited to be back. And I'm excited to tell you guys about today's guest. Today's guest Great friend of mine, once again, as always, you know, the Tay Talks podcast is a family thing, no matter what. And uh, I met this dude when I was 12 years old. He played high school basketball, competed in cross country, baseball, went on to Ithaca College in New York and played basketball there on the basketball team for three years. Before his fourth year, he kind of decided to focus on his career goals. Now he's at Tufts Medical School in his third year of Tufts, Tufts Medical School, and he's doing amazing things. He's an extremely, extremely dynamic human being. I love having the conversation with him anytime that we have a convo, even off the mic. I feel like sometimes me and him, we sit and talk for three or four hours, and we've been doing that since, once again, we were 12 years old. So without further ado, the introduction, Mr. Aiden Fight. I appreciate you for coming out on the podcast, and I can't wait for you guys to hear our amazing convo. Thanks. Welcome, welcome, Maiden Fight. How are you doing, my guy? Thank you, Tay. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. I'm wearing my uh, my Charger shirt in honor of you for oh, having me man. on the show. So, so thank you for for having me. Outing me as a Chargers fan already. All right. Well, <laughs> we gonna get into some NFL football later on in the podcast, but you know. I've been friends with you, shoot, let's think, how long? Since sixth, seventh grade, you know, somewhere between sixth and seventh grade at this point. Yeah. And uh, ever since I've known you, you've had a little bit of a nickname, uh, the nickname Ray Aiden. Can you just tell me a little bit about the nickname Ray Aiden and where that comes from? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. Um, you know, when you knew me, actually, like when we first met, I was tall but big. And so I was always like a center. I didn't really know how to shoot the ball uh, for basketball wise at the time. And so I think the, the nickname actually sort of developed in eighth grade when I grew a little bit, got skinnier and stopped being a center and was more of a shooting guard and started just like really, you know, become a shooter. Uh, and I think it was Moose uh, at Brentwood who started calling me Ray Aiden, obviously like a play on Ray Allen, uh, who was, you know, one of the best shooters of all time. So that's where the name came and then people just sort of adopted it. And whenever I would shoot a three or make a three or whatever, someone would just say Ray Aiden. So I think that's where it began. 
Yeah, man. Shout out Moose. That's our uh, high school coach. You know, I think it's a little, people probably think it's weird that we call him Moose. But <laughs> that, that's his nickname, you know what I'm saying? So shout out, you know, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, yeah. I know. I always <laughs> coach, coach Moose, Coach Bailey, whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's our guy. So, uh, yeah, you know, speaking about high school basketball and stuff like that, obviously you went from playing high school basketball um, in L.A. to going to Ithaca, New York. What were some of the biggest differences you've seen between East Coast Hoopers and West Coast Hoopers? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I guess preface it by when we played in high school in L.A., there was just such a high level uh, of, of Hoopers, like, you know, on our team, multiple D1 guys and then a handful of D3 guys. And, you know, any given league night, we were playing, um, you know, D1 guys. So, Hard to truly compare because I was going to the D3 level up in Ithaca. Uh, but with that being said, just like general differences that I noticed was, and I hate to say it being a West Coast Hooper, but like East Coasters are, they're grittier. Um, mm. Like I think on the West Coast, I think people wanted to make sure their game looked good, made sure their their moves and their layups look sexy and like their their jumpers look good. And on the East Coast, like it was more, not as pretty, but, but get it done. Um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so... I think the grittiness took a little bit of getting used to, but um, I'd say that's the biggest difference. But it's hard to compare, again, D3 versus where we were playing in high school when it was just the talent level was so high, uh, like where we, where we grew up and where we played in high school. Um, so it's really no knock on, on either coast, just different styles. Yeah. Uh, you know, being in L.A. and going to Ithaca, New York, two totally different places, uh, just life-wise, as yeah. well as basketball-wise, what would you say was the biggest challenge for you going from being a high school kid in L.A. to going out to, you know, a little bit? Ithaca's a bigger city, but, you know, kind of the backwoods of New York uh, no, definitely. from being a big, you know, one of the biggest cities in the whole entire country. So what was the biggest challenge that you faced, you know, yeah, during was, that it was, time? It was a culture shock. Like, you know, I – it's weird to say because it's you know still in the U.S., but people on the East Coast, as, as you know as well, are just they're different than people on the West Coast. Um, mm -hmm. And like you said, Ithaca is—you were right—it's it's the sticks, it's rural, um, it's a college town, but there's not much else surrounding it. So, you know, I had to adjust to you know living outside of L.A. for the first time in my life, adjust to you know college basketball, which was uh, you know hard in its own right with the, the schedules and sort of demands and trying to make a reputation for myself on the team, and then mix in, you know, Ithaca weather and then the winter, we never experienced the winter before. And I was over there wearing, you know, my, my slip on vans in the winter time and, <laughs> and sliding everywhere. So, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful for it. Uh, I think it taught me how to grow up, um, and sort of, I had to mature through all these experiences, but the, I guess to answer your question, the biggest challenge was just being away from home and, and sort of having to, you know, be an adult somewhat, although in college you think you're an adult and then you get out of college and you realize there's more adult stuff, but Still, I think just uh, it goes far. It was far, and just being away from you know what what I knew growing up uh, was was difficult. But as you know, uh, playing basketball, like I'm so grateful that I had you know instantly I had a group of people and I had a coach and I had um, you know brothers who would help me with that transition, and it sort of made it way easier than if I if I didn't have that sport. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree. You know any transitioning from high school to college is hard enough uh whether you don't have that automatic group or you do um and yeah just going into a spot where you know people are vastly different you know obviously for me 
coming out of high school, I went to, you know, just a couple hours north of Los Angeles to Fresno. And uh, most of those kids come from the Bay or, you know, just Central California. So they're, you know, I can only imagine the culture shock from going from, you know, Fresno's a big city. So, oh, if people don't like to believe it, but, you know, it's I think it's the fourth biggest city in in California behind San Diego, Los Angeles and San Francisco. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but going from that and I was still kind of, you know, I wouldn't say shocked, but I was definitely like, oh, yeah, these kids are way different than the kids that I, you know, grew up with or around. So going from that from Los Angeles to a small city in the sticks, like you said, uh, definitely a big transition that I don't know if I would have been prepared for at the time. It took uh, some getting used to. No, that's true. <laughs> and, and a lot of people uh, from Ithaca, they weren't actually like you know, living in Ithaca. They came from Jersey, came from New York. Um, right. Like, so, yeah, different mentality, different different personalities on the East Coast. But, yeah, I was about to ask you because you obviously had a little bit of a, a journey with your college like hoops, did you notice different cultures, like different spots that you played at in terms of just like personalities and everything? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the biggest, obviously, like culture shot was that, you know, that stint in Wyoming. Yeah. But man, I think El Paso, man, was also just, I didn't know what to expect. You know what I mean? Our experience with El Paso is watching uh, Glory Road, <laughs> you yeah. know, having Andrew Gardner, one of our good friends, you know, do his little impressions of Glory Road every single day. Show him how to make a layup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was our experience with uh, West Texas. And right. uh, so, you know, going there, I had no idea what to expect. And um, it was way different. You know, there's one main freeway, one main street that everybody drives on if there's you know a car crash on that street then you know traffic throughout the whole rest of the city for the next four to five hours whatever uh but you know paso is a lot bigger when than i thought it was uh and every time somebody came to visit whenever i had family or friends come visit watch a game whatever everyone's like oh this is all you know way nicer and bigger than we thought it was going to be uh but yeah those people it was just a huge culture shock to me, obviously being right next to Mexico, right. you know, um, and Los Angeles has a huge Latinx population. Uh, but you know, everywhere we went, it was just a whole bunch of, you know, specifically a lot of obviously Mexican people. So Mexican pride. And, uh, I just learned a whole lot about the Mexican culture that I didn't really, uh, get when I was in Los Angeles as much, uh, and that was just a huge change. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm glad that I bought into it cause we had a ton of fun and I learned a lot. So it was a fun, great experience. And I appreciate the people of El Paso, but yeah, huge change, huge. huge change. And I'm curious huge what, you, what you feel about it, but I feel like, uh, you know, basketball was sort of like the grounding, uh, factor in all of it. Like, you know, I only went to Ithaca, didn't really, didn't bounce around, but despite the culture shocks and sort of all the other things that you're getting used to in your, in your new setting. Like, I feel like basketball is very grounding because that's a sport that we've been playing our whole life. And like, yeah, the styles might be a little bit different, but at the same, at the end of the day, like matters what's going on, you're having a tough time adjusting the winter time, whatever you get on the basketball court and you just sort of, it feels like home. So I felt like that was a, uh, you know, again, just grateful for that experience. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it was the the equalizer between me and all of my Texas uh, Texas native teammates uh, that I had at, in El Paso. Uh, it was definitely just a great equalizer where it's like, okay, we can speak basketball. We, I might not understand that dance y'all are doing over there, but... <laughs> You know, as the old, as one of the older guys on the team, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know, old man, I don't get how y'all do that dance that y'all do, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, yeah, basketball definitely helped. And speaking of basketball, uh, but really just athletes in general, you know, big time L.A. sports fan growing up yourself, who are your Los Angeles athlete, Mount Rushmore. You can put four people up there. Who you got? Of all time or people that like we played against? Uh, nah, people? I would say all time. I mean, we could talk a little bit about the people we played against, but we know. Yeah. Uh, we know about that. I mean, that. Maybe that's on part two, but yeah, yeah. of all time. <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. I uh, There's so many talented athletes that came out of L.A. I know – the ones who come to my head off the bat, like I know Paul Pierce went to Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got to be up there. I think Baron Davis uh, might be biased because the whole crossroads rivalry we had, but I feel like he um, was just, I mean, a hell of a, obviously a high school, college and NBA athlete. Um, you know, we played against Aaron Holiday, but Drew Holiday, I feel like uh, has just obviously continued to make a name for himself mm-hmm. in the league and obviously killed it in, in high school. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not as big a football fan, but I know Deshaun uh, Jackson as well, L.A. Mm-hmm. guy. And I know he absolutely tore it up out there. So it's kind of it's, those are the ones who come to my mind. I know there's tons other that I'm missing because uh, there's just so much talent coming out of L.A. But that's what I would I'd go with off the bat. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Surprised you didn't throw any baseball guys in there, but respect. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about Stanton, too, because he came. Did he go to Notre Dame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah, did. A handful of others, but. I know. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, that's your list. That's a great list. I can't complain. Yeah. I can't complain. You know, uh, shoot, Drew is a legend in the city. You know what I mean? Uh, man, D Jax. Woo. Yeah. That boy, he's always been fast. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, nah, that's a, I, I absolutely appreciate and love that list. I'm not going to give mine, but uh, I was about to say, am I allowed to flip it on to you or no? <laughs> I'm not going to give mine. I haven't put too much thought into it, yeah. but. I definitely, I know I would throw Harden in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I always got to definitely throw Stanley Jackson. If, I mean, Stanley Johnson, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, if I got to talk about just, you know, as far as the time that he spent in Los Angeles, you know, he, he was the man. He's probably the greatest California basketball player, high school basketball player, I should say, ever. You know what I'm saying? But uh seven rings it speaks for itself so you know respect to all those other dudes there's a lot of great dudes you know what i mean the you know not la guys we're not going to talk about the ie guys you know but you know Kawhi and pg or whatever but you know uh or like didn't clay go to santa margarita isn't he like a oc guy orange county guy or whatever you know we don't really count that but uh (laughs) no stanley's a great call stanley i mean we've we played against him a few times in high school. I mean, he's just was an incredible player. Yeah. So that's a great one. I forgot about that one. Yeah, but I think those are the two two uh, two other ones that I would you know mention. Uh, some other football guys, you know, baseball guys, 
definitely come to mind as well. But yeah, those are the those are the two, you know, that I, I have a lot of knowledge, a, sure. a ton of knowledge on. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, Mr. Uh, Dr. Aiden <laughs> fight, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, for those who don't know, you know, he's doing the medical medical school right now and doing absolutely fantastic in it. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, my physician one day or, you know, whatever I need to, you know, whatever path he chooses. Uh, if I need that type of uh, care, I'm going to aid and fight in the future. Just so you know, plug in my guy. But uh, <laughs> I got you. How, how did uh, college athletics help you in your medical journey? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, we can get into my journey into medicine, you know, another time, but I never really thought I was going to get into it. Um, but now that I'm in it, I see that so many of the lessons that athletics as a whole and specifically basketball taught me, you know, the work ethic, um, being a part of a team, being disciplined, like so much of the stuff that we had to do on a day-to-day -day basis, just playing in high school, playing in college, um, carries over to medicine and the real world, not just medicine, but, um, I think I take an, a lot of lessons there. And then specifically, you know, I'm it's getting in the time of my med school career where I got to pick a specialty into what type of med doctor I want to be, what kind of medicine I want to go into. And I'm leaning towards emergency medicine, which like to me parallels athletics so much. Like you are in a high stress environment. You are um, a member of a big team with nurses, respiratory therapists, social workers, and a million other people. Um, and you got to communicate, you got to stay calm under pressure and you got to just, you know, get the job done. And so I feel like that directly translates to athletics and to, and to basketball for sure. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot that carries over to, to, to my medicine. Yeah. hundred percent. How do you think, you know, athletics or college athletics may have possibly hindered your growth, um, and your, you know, post post athletic life. Um, hindered it. Uh, you know, I don't think it, I don't think it has, I think it's really instilled just like a work ethic and a drive and a level of discipline that, I, um, that I, who knows if I didn't play sports, I would have it. I would probably, probably argue not. I think sports really helped me develop it. Um, in terms of hindering it, um, I don't think it did. You know, I, I ended up quitting after three years at Ithaca because I sort of, I realized that, you know, my future of basketball was, was those days were limited, uh, and sort of had to think about next steps and beyond, um, and so giving up the sport was hard, but I wouldn't say that it hindered my uh, sort of post-college career anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. You know, I just obviously wanted to give you the opportunity to say like, hey, it wasn't great or it was, you know, and you're saying, hey, it, it worked out for me. It was great. It was right. great for me. So, you know, that's that's a fair, that's fair. You know, that's fair. I agree with you wholeheartedly that like, I wouldn't be where I am today without, you know, my opportunity to play college athletics. And it taught me a lot of the same lessons that you brought up. And um, just, you know, I feel like it made me gritty, you know, even though I'm an L.A. guy, you know what I'm saying? West Coast basketball player. But I feel like, you know, it gave me a little grit and um, challenged me to be the man that I am today and challenged me to, you know, just put your head down and grind a little bit more when things get hard. So a hundred percent agree with you. I wouldn't really say in any way that it necessarily hindered me in my post athletic yeah. career as well. You know, you but, made, uh, 
sacrifices uh, throughout the athletic journey uh, and medicine, you have to make sacrifices as well. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. again, I see that as, as parts of the, of, of the journey and not sort of hindrances, if that's a word, but uh, um, yeah. One other thing I was just thinking when you were mentioning it too, is I feel like basketball and we sort of touched on it with, you know, the culture and playing in different uh, parts of the country, but um, you know, you interact with so many different personalities through the game of basketball. Like, you know, obviously we had our, our high school team, but, you know, playing AAU, um, you know, I, I went down to Long Beach and went down, you know, play BTI and just sort of interact with so many different personality types. And um, that's what, you know, as a doctor, when I'm in, if I'm working in the ER, you know, I could have a hundred different patients and they can have a hundred different backgrounds with a hundred different stories. Um, and I feel like, you know, that, there's, there's also um, connection there with basketball because that's sort of, you've got to connect with teammates from completely different backgrounds. So. hundred percent, hundred percent. So when did you know that you wanted to become a doctor? Man, I didn't, uh, for a long time, I, you know, I, as you know, my parents are in the medical field. So I always sort of had it, um, that influence was always there, but my parents never pressured me. And I think I always was a little bit rebellious growing up and like, I wanted to do something different than what they were doing. Um, and as you know, in, in, in high school, I wasn't the best academic, uh, person. I was probably more focused on sports and whatever else uh, a younger Aiden was focused on at the time. Um, so I went into college, like not really knowing what I wanted to do and sort of through trial and error, um, ended up majoring in something called exercise science, uh, also like also known as kinesiology. Um, and cause I knew I was interested in exercise and sports. And, and mm -hmm. I started to just starting taking some science classes. Um, and I think it was through those classes where I realized, you know, how cool the human body is, um, how, uh, how much I do love science. I, I think I sort of turned into a little bit of nerd of a nerd in college and in high school. I, I think I was scared to embrace that part of me. Um, and so, sorry, long, long, uh, winded answer, but to, to fully answer it, I think it was a combination of, you know, falling in love with science and having great professors at Ithaca, um, I started volunteering at a hospital in Ithaca and sort of uh, falling in love with just sort of the hustle and bustle of a hospital and taking care of patients. Um, and that sort of got my mind intrigued. And then I just started making other decisions and trying it and trying it. And, uh, and, and here I am. So, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think, you know, a lot of kids in high school, because we have to learn, you know, general things that you know don't always end up helping us out later on in life uh you know can get a little bored and uh you yeah. know just not focus i you know i'll tell you know that i'll tell you i wasn't always the most focused on what was going on in class but i had some other extenuating circumstances that made it a little bit harder for me to always focus on school yeah but um you know uh, when I got to college as well, and I started focusing on, you know, my focus, which, you know, was communication and stuff like that. I really like just opened up and like you said, became a little bit of a nerd and really started to dive deep in, you know, the communication field and see how great it would be for me to kind of challenge myself to continue to get better in this. And, it was something I was passionate about. So I worked incredibly hard at it and, you know, whatever, ended up right. graduating college with a 4.0. But like, yeah. it, it it was just because it didn't feel like school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was really just like, hey, I'm here to get better. 
every day, just like I'm grinding in basketball. I'm like, well, I know that in the future I want to, you know, kind of put the mic in front of my face and the camera in front of my face. So I got to get better at this. I got to get better at talking to people. I got to get better at writing. Um, And anything that I could do to get better at that, I was just going to take on that challenge. So school didn't really start to feel like school anymore at that time. Uh, So it made it a little bit easier. So 100% agree. Yeah, no, that's great. That's that's how you know you found something you like is when it doesn't feel like work. And I, I feel the same about medicine. I mean, obviously, it's a grind and there are days that are hard. But when I keep asking myself, if I ask myself the why am I doing this? Why did I choose this path? It, I answer that question really easily because I'm just in love with, um, you know, the science and sort of the underneath uh, what's going on underneath uh, someone who comes in the ER with chest pain or, or mm-hmm. uh, a broken shoulder. So anyways, so it's a. Yeah, 100 percent. 100%. I wanted to ask you, you know, since we you talked about it kind of being a grind sometimes, what are some of the challenges you face in medical school that the common person wouldn't think about? Yeah, it's it, uh, med school is a grind for sure. I mean, it's a grind to get to med school uh, in the first part. Um, you know, you got to you got to do certain things to boost your resume, make certain sacrifices academically and, you know, take tests and all that other stuff. Um I think what people don't understand is really in med school, there's really no days off. Uh, it's, it's kind of a bit of a rat race because in the medical career, there's always, you know, if you're in college, you're trying to get to med school. If you're in med school, you're trying to get to residency. If you're in residency, you're trying to get either a fellowship or boost your resume enough to get a good job. And sort of the, the cycle can, 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 uh, like is ongoing. And so uh, I think that's what makes med school difficult is even if you, you're done with studying for the day or if I'm done with the hospital work for the day, there's always more work that you could be doing to put yourself in a better position for the future. Uh, and so because of that, people rarely take days off because there's, again, always another thing they can do. Uh, so that's, right. that's been hard because it's impossible to take no days off. And also I like, I'm someone who likes to maintain perspective on like, there are other things in life other than medicine and there are other things that are important to me. So, um, I think just find that balance of making sure I'm doing the work, put myself on a, you know, the right foot forward in the future, but also making sure to enjoy this, this life and sort of other things that are not medicine related. So, yeah, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I wanted to ask you uh, about your hobbies outside of sports and, you know, outside of medicine, obviously, that you kind of picked up along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, I said, as I mentioned earlier, I played three years at Ithaca uh, and ended up uh, quitting on the fourth year. And I wanted to, you know, cause basketball took up so much of our time. I was like, I don't want to, I got to have something to fill that this space. Uh, obviously I'm going to be studying more. I ended up taking a night class to get my EMT certification, which ultimately helped with, you know, the whole med school thing, but I wanted some other activity. So I started, uh, I found a gym in Ithaca and, uh, started boxing with this guy named Patrick O'Connor who owned his gym. Um, and I had never boxed before. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know how to hold my hands up or what a jab was. And this guy sort of, uh, he was a beast. Actually, fun little fact, John Jones grew up like in and around uh, Ithaca. Mm-hmm. And this guy whose gym I joined, he helped train John Jones. This was many years ago, but uh, before he sort of became the, the UFC before fighter. Became John, John Jones. <laughs> yeah. so I always thought it was funny to me like this, you know, me, I don't know how to fight for, for anything. Uh, he and This dude was training John Jones. was like, you know, hitting me on the head and you know, telling me not to drop my hands and just uh, kind of whipped me into shape. So uh, boxing has been awesome. I'm still doing it. So this day. I boxed last night. Uh, I'm still trash at it, but 
Uh, it's a great workout. So that's been a big hobby. And other than that, just reading, cooking, hanging out with friends. I love nature. Uh, although on the East Coast, it's tough this time of year to really get outside. But so, yeah, those are some some of my hobbies, I'd say. And they're so important, you know, during the grind, as you know, to sort of got to get your mind off of, of uh, whatever it may be. For me, it's medicine. Uh, it is important. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of that movie, uh, Never Back Down. Have you seen that one? No. It's uh, you should watch it. It's like, you know, it's whatever. It's like a teen movie. So it's not like going to be the best movie that you've ever seen in your life. But it's like this kid who like you're nothing like this kid. But (laughs) it's this guy who doesn't know anything about boxing or whatever. And like he like gets the opportunity to learn from somebody who's like world class. You know what I mean? And like there's a story to it. You should watch it. I think it's like one of those fun teen movies that you don't have to like pay too much attention to, but it's yeah. like, it's like, it's kind of funny. It's got some good action. They, they like, uh, I think they do like MMA. So like, it's not like straight up boxing. It's like yeah. kickboxing and stuff like that. And, uh, it's like this crazy Florida high school. <laughs> it like kind of reminds me a little bit of like the school that we went to just a little bit, yeah. just a little bit. But, uh, you know, just exaggerated, super overly exaggerated version of uh, the high school that we went to. But, uh, yeah, you should check it out. Absolutely. Pretty funny, pretty fun movie or whatever. Okay. I will. It sounds like some similarities there. He would definitely kick my my butt every single day. <laughs> if I drop my hands, you know, one inch, he'd, he'd hit me in the face <laughs> pad, or if I raised my hands up too much, he'd hit me in the stomach. So he, yeah, yeah that, <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Man, you're, yeah, you might be uh, world-class at this point. You oh, might absolutely. need to, <laughs> <laughs> might to, need to put you up against John Jones. Now I'm just playing. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> so can you tell me about your craziest med school story? Craziest med school story? You know, that's a good question. Again, I, you know, the first two years of med school, for those who don't know, uh, although I think every school is structured a little bit differently, but for the way it works at Tufts, which is where I'm at, uh, the first two years were pretty much in the classroom and really learning like the basic sciences and the foundations of medicine. So I don't have any real crazy stories from those two years because that was just sort of, you know, academic grind time. But this year I started working, uh, you know, it's called our rotational year. So we're actually in the hospital, seeing patients, doing stuff that we went to med school for, which is awesome. But um you know, I have a ton of crazy stories from this year just already with the, the few months I've been in it. Uh, I just finished my my psychiatry rotation at a state mental hospital. And so each you could write a book or a movie about each patient that I was seeing in that place. But I guess to directly answer your question, I sort of the welcome to third year moment um, was when I was on my OBGYN rotation and I was on labor and delivery. And the doctor said, you know, Aiden, uh, do you mind go ahead and, and checking in on this patient in, in room 12 or whatever? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure thing. You know, it's my first day. I had no idea what to expect. I go into the room and this, I, and the mother in the room is just like screaming and crying. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I think my baby's about to come out. Um, like, you got to get someone. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, bet. So I go run out, get the doctor. I was like, I think this baby, I think she's about to deliver. Like, I didn't know anything about the patient, didn't know anything about delivering babies. It was my first day. And next thing you know, she was. So we, you know, we put our gown and gloves on and, and like the doctor grabs my hands and puts the hands on the baby and like pretty much like helps me deliver this kid. Again, I had no idea what I was doing. Wow. Uh, it was, there was a lot of fluids everywhere. Uh, it was a messy experience, but this doctor was super cool, like super composed. You know, I'm over here like, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, helped deliver a baby. Uh, and then ultimately was able to deliver like 
almost 20 to 30 kids throughout that rotation, which was just like a crazy experience. So that, that was sort of my, that's one of the many crazy med school stories and, and sort of a welcome to, to third year moment for me. That's crazy. You got to like name, uh, you got to get another cat. Shout out Aiden's cat, Ma, Moxie. <laughs> get another cat and then name it after the first baby that you delivered, bro. Cause that's a crazy story. Oh, that's a fact. I also, this is probably a few more babies later, but there was a baby that was named Aiden. And so I just, uh, <laughs> as the, after it came out, handed it to the mom, I was like, you picked a good name, but, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> Um, yeah, man. All right. So you talked about going back a little bit to the hobby, you talk about cooking and, uh, I've seen you cook and chef it up a couple of times here and there. Actually back going back, shout out to Andrew again, our boy Ace. He, I hit him up and I was like, yo, let me get a couple of questions. So a couple of these questions actually come from him and aren't from the, off the top of my head. And this is one of them, but I guess he really wants to know what's your diet see i know why ace is asking you that because he's he's making fun of me with that with that question because my diet is a bit fraudulent you could say uh i you know i had to sort of a normal diet high school college end of college watched a couple documentaries the classic you know sob story i watched those you know against animal cruelty and uh sort of the pro vegan vegetarian movement documentaries that absolutely messed me up uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give it a try. And so since like 2019 ish, I've been pseudo vegetarian, but I think the reason that ACE wanted to ask that is because I now call myself a flexitarian because I'm, I, uh, I'll, I'll eat really whatever <laughs> if the situation calls for it. Um, but left to my own devices, as you've seen, I'll cook vegetarian veggie burgers, you know, eggs, whatever it may be. Um, but my thought process is, and I stand by this, like if I'm going to your house, right. And your mom is cooking her favorite meal, uh, and it has meat in it. Like, I'm not going to be the dude who's like, Oh no, you know, Danielle, I can't have that because I'm vegetarian. We, she just worked hours to make it. You know, I'm right. if the situation calls for a little bit of, you know, eating some beef or eating whatever it may be, if I'm going in and out, you know, then I'll do it. <laughs> if I'm going to in and out, it's crazy. No, so, but I, I get it, bro. That's why I kind of try to avoid milk. I still eat ice cream and stuff like that, but like, I really don't, I haven't eaten cereal in, in years. Uh, like don't just drink milk straight up. I never was really kind of a fan of drinking milk straight up, but yeah, I saw like, you know, the videos or whatever about how they treat these cows that, you know, produce milk for us and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I want to cut down on this. And like, obviously there's some, there's some baking recipes where like you need it. And so like, I try to get like the tiniest little carton I can of it, whatever, like probably makes zero difference, but like yeah. it, I, myself understand how those documentaries and videos can kind of sway you into <laughs> you know changing up with how you eat and uh you know as you, the time passes you kind of uh, it's not that bad is it you know what i mean you kind of forget exactly you know, you know. I, I was stricter with it back and now i'm i realize that you know everything in moderation uh but i with that being said i do like uh well i'm consider myself plant-based for the most part, I guess. And I do like how I feel with that uh, and sort of how my body re reacts to that. So uh, it's all trial and error with diets. Some people do well with this certain diet, some people don't. So I think it's super individualized, but, but yeah, I definitely loosened up a little bit throughout <laughs> as, as the years have gone on. Yeah. And I a hundred percent envy you for that because, uh, I couldn't try to, I couldn't change my diet if I really wanted to, you know, I was raised on a, a Southern 
<laughs> a southern you know my family from new orleans is a southern creole wow. diet and it's like yeah i need that butter in there <laughs> even the vegetables have, have pork and bacon in right it. and yeah. sugar and all different types of stuff on it man my I grandma used to make me carrots with sugar on them that was the only <laughs> way i would eat them yeah yeah man the well, cook Cook carrots, you know what I mean? They got a little sugar on it. Yeah, bro. You know, All bad. I got family All in Tennessee, and you know, I, I know a little bit about that Southern cooking, and we used to always make fun of, uh, we go to Cracker Barrel, and they always have the vegetable of the day when we go down there. Um, and, you know, it, it would always be like, you know, green, green, pas- green bean casserole or collard greens, but it would always have, like you said, you know, sugar, butter, and like bacon in it. So it was never just the vegetable of the day, but we always got a kick out of that. But now the Southern yeah. cooking is crazy. I, I feel you. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, look, I got to ask you this question because I always I've never asked you this question, but I kind of always wondered this. Uh And I don't know why I never asked this because it's not (laughs) that big of a deal. But uh, I want to know, would you rather hit a walk off home run or a game winner from half court? Uh, Both are like great. You can't go wrong with either of those, but. Eating uh, good that night. Either way, oh, you're feeling good. Eating oh, you're good. Turning, you're, you're, you're turning up, but uh, you're sending that risky text. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You're letting everything fly after that. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, Tay. Though I uh, like when I'm feeling down or like I feel like I feel like I need a little motivation. This has probably been for in the last couple of years. Really, when I started uh, med school, I'll go on YouTube and search like best walk offs, uh, walk off home runs, and or it's just walk off moments. But a lot of them are home runs and those fire me up like no other like i and so i feel like my answer to the question is hitting a walk off a just because i think when the crowd goes crazy you do the bat flip you sort of do your trotter on the bases i think there's that's such a special moment and then also as you know from my brief baseball playing career i was never much of a power hitter so if i could go back and hit, and hit one one more time i think that would be that would be fire but both, both you can't go wrong with either of those yeah Hundred percent. And speaking about baseball, we're about to start baseball season next month. You know, we're getting into spring training coming up here in a few weeks, maybe even less than that. I need to know who are the top guys, top three guys that you're excited to see this year. As you know, I'm a Dodger fan, uh, so I'm biased. I I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to, obviously, is Shohei. Uh, You know, we've made a lot of changes to our rotation, although with that being said, Shohei, I think, is not going to be pitching this season as he rests his shoulder. But um, I'm really curious about some of the other pitchers they brought in, too. I know we got a glass now from uh, the Rays. Was he on the Rays last time? Mm -hmm. But I know, obviously, he was killer a few years ago, and now there's some question marks behind his health and sort of he still got it. So I'm curious. Uh, to see how he is. And then I just love the Dodgers. I, I'm, I'm hyped for Dustin May to get back. Uh, I know he's been battling injuries. I like Walker Bueller. I know we got Kershaw. And then we also got the other um, uh, pitcher from Japan. I, I'm blanking on his name. I don't want to mispronounce his name, but I'm also mm-hmm. curious how he performs in, in the big leagues. And so I know that's more than three, but, and they're all Dodgers, <laughs> but uh, that would be my answer. I'm just, I'm just hyped for baseball season. I'm hyped for the Dodgers. And, um, I think we got pitching finally. I hope if everyone can stay healthy, I you know, I like our chances. Yeah, I think I'm excited. You know, uh, definitely grew up Dodger fan. I'm definitely excited to see Walker Buehler get back out there, and I hope that he can kind of return to form because I think 
he his stuff is just electric to watch. You know, I spent a lot of time in that stadium watching those games and dude, he he he's just so good. Um the movement is, you know, just great and when he's on it's just like the world can't touch him. So oh, yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, he can have a, a fully healthy season once he returns. Uh he'll be exciting to watch. Uh Wow. You know what? I'm not going to lie. My uh, Red Sox people are going to hate me for this, but I'm excited to see what Verdugo is going to do in New York. Yeah, that's good just call. because I, you know, I thought he was very fun to watch, you know, as a dot. I mean, as a Dodger, as a Red Sox. And, you know, now I'm just excited to see like what that what is that going to look like for him you know what i mean being over there with booney um being over there in new york where the media is just a little bit harsher than it is in boston um and you know from the times that i've kind of seen him around or seen him out and stuff like that he's been a really great person um so you know i am excited to just see him have a new opportunity because I know it didn't really end as well as, you know, people would have hoped that it would have ended here in Boston, but you know, I'm excited to see him. And then, you know, who I absolutely love swinging the watch, swing the bat randomly. And my cousin asked me this the other day, like, who do you love watch swing the bat? Bo Bichette. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the swing, but I just absolutely love that dude's swing. And when he makes no contact, too, right? right? Yeah, no gloves. And <laughs> when he makes contact, dude, that ball just jumps off the bat. So yeah. I'm excited to see him uh, get another opportunity to, you know, play some ball this year. And, it, you know, honestly, throwing out another person, I'm excited to see Trout again, man. You know, yeah. he's going to be back in a situation where he doesn't have that, you know, that second guy, you know, not saying that I don't know how you freaking rate those two dudes when they're playing great baseball. I mean, him and Otani, when they're both playing great baseball, Jesus Christ, it's hard to say who's one and who's two. Yeah. But uh, definitely, you know, excited to see Trout get back out there and hopefully have a great season when he came to Fenway last year. Um once again, when that ball hit that bat, just absolutely jumped out of the stadium. So um, hoping that he has a great year as well. Those are all great calls. I mean, he's one of the best to do it for years and years and years. I just, the angels of the franchise have been, it's been a difficult place for him to play. Uh, I hope that they can get it together because he's, you know, a generational talent. Uh, Verdugo is a great call too. I've always loved, loved Verdugo and his, his chains and, and just his swag. Um, uh, I think he'll he'll be ready for the moment in New York and and yeah, Bueller too. I love Bueller. He's always so interesting to me, like because he's so skinny and his frame is just it, it's kind of scrawny. Although I'm sure he's stronger than he looks, uh, but then he just throws you know the gas and has great uh, you know movement on his on his all his pitches really. So yeah, like great calls. Yeah. All right, man. So look, now we gotta get a little bit back into you. Okay. How do you scratch that competitive itch that all athletes have now that you're done playing in official games? Yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of athletes, um, when their career ends, uh, have a tough time, you know, cause on a daily basis, you're battling whether your teammates or against your opponents and you just go from, you know, competitive days 
for years to just all of a sudden it's done and, 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 and uh, sort of evaporates. So it's a great mm-hmm. question. I think for me, uh, you know, I joined a men's league out here. I played a few times, so I still do play basketball. And, you know, although it's not as competitive and not as gruesome as what it once was, it's still fun to, to get into it and to, and, you know, to make some shots every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, boxing, as we mentioned earlier, has been super cathartic for me. Um, I'm not fighting against anyone, so that would truly be competitive. But just hitting the bag and, and sort of training uh, has been really nice. I feel like it's allowed me to sort of get out some of the steam that uh, – you know, I was able to do when I was playing basketball. Um, so those are probably my two. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that my knees are still holding up and I'm still able to play. So, um, you know, when the day comes that I can no longer play basketball, that's going to be difficult, but I still love the sport so much. And um, I still get a lot of competitive itch uh, sort of scratched in the, the hoops that I'm still playing. Yeah. And to go on to the boxing thing, it's a workout, man. And then oh, yeah. I feel like anytime that like I lift or whatever, and then I get that, like, you know, that sore, that like, n- not like the crazy soreness, but like that tight feeling and that soreness, it just like a little bit scratches that itch in sure. the back of my mind competitively where I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like ready to go. Like I feel, you know, like an athlete again, <laughs> you sure. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, hitting that bag, uh, you know, it's a lot harder than people think who haven't hit that bag. It's not, you know, it's not easy. It looks easy because these dudes that we watch do it are professionals. But, you know, it's a that thing is hard to punch. You know what I mean? You punch it once when you're a kid and you figure out like, oh, this thing is dense. Hold on. If I don't punch this right, I'm going to hurt myself. Seriously. And you'll be dripping in sweat. It's full body workout. It's a great workout. Um. But just another thing I thought about, too, is like, you know, when we were playing uh, organized sports, competitive sports, you know, the main source of competition was against other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think now it's transitioned for me, at least, to like the main source of competition is just myself trying to better mm-hmm. myself, um, you know, whether it be with boxing, whether it be with athletics, you know, if I'm trying to I sign up for a half marathon in a couple of months. So I'm going to try to see how I can do with that. But also just, you know, and I know we've talked about like from a career standpoint and sort of um, and just not getting satisfied uh, and, and sort of trying to compete with uh, with myself and, and sort of get to that next level. So I think that sort of mindset shift has been helpful for me as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me see that shirt one more time real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. That's fire. All right. You see, I got the red on. Yeah. Obviously, this weekend we got coming up uh, the Super Bowl. It's going to be a very red Super Bowl. I need to know. Who you think is going to win? I got the Niners. I am sick of the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> I don't want them to win. And uh, my old basketball coach, uh, sort of the guy who taught me, introduced me to the game of basketball. Mike Sutton is a huge Niners fan. Uh, and I, you know, whenever they're playing, I'll shoot him a text, see how he's feeling, see how he's doing. So I want him to get one. I want them to get one. And, you know, the Chiefs have had their time. So. Uh, in terms of X's and O's, you know, I'm not the biggest, I don't know a ton about football, you know, way more than I do about, you know, uh, about that, but from just a basic fan perspective, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Niners will get it. Yeah. I don't think I have a, a horse in the race. Uh, (laughs) I'm not really rooting for either team to win, but somebody has got to win the game. Uh, and I think it's going to be the Chiefs. So I guess on Sunday, you know, me and you are going to be going at it, even though neither (laughs) of us have a horse in the race. So we really don't honestly care who is yeah exactly but uh i think i'm predicting the chiefs to win this one i just think patty mahomes is he's just he's the greatest gonna be 
at the end of the day, he'll yeah. probably end up being the greatest uh, to ever play the position. So uh, no disrespect to, you know, Mr. Brady. Uh, but I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to end up getting there one day. It's going to take a long – he's a long ways away, so it's going to take yeah. a long time. But uh, I just think at least right now he's he's just untouchable. You know, he, they struggled to start the season this year, and people were riding them off, and look where they are now, right back yeah. <laughs> in the championship game. You know what I mean? So um, I think that – he's the ultimate uh difference maker and i think that he's going to take take over that game at one point and and just win it for him so we'll see what happens but yeah all right we're well, also getting careful though uh saying that brady's not the best on these new england streets around here oh man he is the best i didn't say that he wasn't i just said when it's all said and done the trajectory that pat is on it looks like he might end up being that guy if he wants to continue to play for that long you know what i right. mean i agree so i agree i'm like usher though at the end of the day i'm, I'm about to be turned up for halftime show so <laughs> yeah oh no usher no i'm 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 locked in that's probably yeah. the most the time i'm gonna be most locked in i completely agree i completely agree. i've already started like, this week I'm, I'm getting ready no one talked to me you know what i mean he's got a new right. album out too you know what i'm saying definitely y'all should go stream that you know i'm not <laughs> not getting paid for it but just saying you know you gotta go listen to his new stuff too but all right we also have some all-star activities uh coming up uh we've had pro bowl just pass and the nba all-star is coming up honestly we know that the viewership has kind of been you know the steadily declining from our childhood days till now so this is your opportunity you got a mic in front of your face give me some suggestions that the nfl and the nba can do to kind of spice up their all-star slash pro bowl weekends you know I'm not going to act like I don't even tune into the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you. I haven't watched a single Pro Bowl my entire life, so I can't even uh, comment on what is going well or what's not going well. Uh, maybe that speaks for itself right there. But, but um, in terms of NBA All-Star Weekend, I'm a huge fan of that. I've always been locked into it. Um, I personally think that in the past few years, the league has tried to do too much uh, with the three-point contest, with the skills. And I, I uh, respect the creativity and sort of adding new ideas and, um, but like, I guess it's the old head in me, but like, I just want to see like the good old fashioned dunk contest. I don't need any crazy strings attached with it. I want to see a good old fashioned East first West all-star game. Like back when we were, you know, in elementary school and in a middle school, which I think they're doing again this year, which I'm excited about. Um, so I guess to answer the question, like I would just go back to the basics. And I think that that's some, what a lot of people want to see as opposed to trying to do new stuff every year and changing the different balls and the scoring. And it's just, I think sometimes they do a little bit too much. Uh, so that's, I guess I'm sounding like a grumpy old man with that, but that, that's what I would say. I mean, it's like Fortnite, you know, Fortnite went back to like chapter one or whatever, and they had their viewership and their, you know, people playing the game at a, like an all time high. So, you know, maybe it is, you know, maybe for a year or two, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just let's go back to the basics. Let's do it the old school style. Maybe they can, you know, up the incentives, you know, so maybe the top superstars really want to get in the dunk contest because while it is great to see, you know, the young guys who are just athletic and maybe not as big of a talent and get opportunity to showcase what they can do, you know, on the rim and stuff like that. 
uh, that's what made the dunk contest the dunk contest, seeing Michael Jordan, seeing Kobe, seeing Vince Carter, you know what I mean? Yeah. These, like, young actual stars, you know, get in it and uh, get the opportunity to showcase their talent. And I think, like, seeing JB, you know, Jalen Brown, getting there now this year kind of like up the ante for me because i'm like oh yeah like you know what i mean we're gonna get to see jalen brown like this is an all-star that we get to see you know what i mean or a former all-star will be an all-star again you know what i mean that we get to see uh just on on the rim let's see what he can do you know what i mean so i 100 percent agree at least for a year let's just let's go back you know let's go back old school why not? I need somebody out there with a flip video camera or with an old school video camera, you know, filming. I need the baggy jeans. Like, I just, you know, Book is going to have it. You know, <laughs> yeah, Book yeah. is going to have it. Oh, yeah, he will. He will. Who else is in it, by the way? I, I know is, uh, is Hawkins. We got in it? Uh, Jaime Hawkins. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. I think, did they invite Mac McClung back? Uh, I think he got invited back. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, no disrespect to those guys, but I think that kind of, you know, proves our point right there. You know right. what I mean? We're not really, we're, you know, a couple, a week or two away from it. And we have no idea who's in it besides right. JB, because it was a huge thing. And, you know, high mates from like where we from. So, right. you know, uh, and that's why we know, but otherwise, you know, we kind of aren't really tapped into who, who it is that's competing. 100%. Um, and speaking about all-star weekend, can you tell me about your dream NBA celebrity game starting five? And actually, uh, if you have another one, because you probably will, you can give me one off the bench too if you if you got it. So non non hoopers, because I know sometimes they'll have like old hoopers playing it. You're talking about just like strict celebrities. Let me get on my soapbox real quick. All right, <laughs> hit me. Can we stop putting WNBA players in the celebrity game? Not because I don't want to see WNBA players. They're incredibly talented. I think that they should have a platform like that. And they do. They have a WNBA All-Star Weekend. But why are we putting all these All-Star caliber women playing against Kai Sinat? Kai yeah. Sinat can't even hoop. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a disrespect to the I talent. Agree of the WNBA players that two people have to come and represent. And I have no idea, you know what I mean? If they really want to, or if they don't, but I just think, you know what I mean? It's kind of just a, a like we're putting them out there with all these non hoopers, you know right. what I mean? When that's their profession, I think they should be coaches. If I love listening to Candace, I love listening yeah. to Lisa, you know what I'm saying? I love, I hear, you know, Asia every once in a while here, Kelsey Plum speak, they all speak so well, and I love hearing them talk, and they're funny and all that other stuff. So having them on the sideline joking with, you know what I mean, Kai Sinat about, hey, man, when are you going to make a shot, you know, whatever. Like, I think that would be hilarious. But can we stop putting them in the game? Because I, they're just way too talented for it, and it's a disrespect. We don't put NBA players in the game, so why would we put WNBA, WNBA really players agree. in the game? Completely agree. It's like sending a, a varsity dude down to like the seventh, eighth grade basketball practice, and like it's just like it's 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 disrespectful. Right. I I don't know why they do. I don't know who started, but I know in baseball they do the same thing with the celebrity game. Like they got old uh, baseball players coming in and, and like hitting just like absolute bombs with the softball right. game. And, and that and is I, 
Hold on. I understand that though. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're done, they're retired, blah, blah, yeah, yeah, blah. Yeah. They got their, you yeah, know, they got current. the little belly going on. But like having current right. WNBA all-stars playing the celebrity game, That's it's like, sense. you know, it doesn't make sense. I just think they're too they're too talented. And you know, I think there was a point where the WNBA um needed more publicity and you know. Whatever. And like I said, I want them to be a coach. I think it's fun to hear them. If you watch the game, you know, hear them on the, they're mic'd up, hear them on the sideline, laughing with the other celebrities that are watching the games and stuff like that, yeah. whatever. I think that's great. But uh, I think their sport has grown to a point where we don't need to disrespect them in that way. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? By putting them down with, like you said, playing against JV dude. So, all right. But yes, non bat you know non-professional basketball players or whatever that you would like to see in the you know in the game and i'll give you my five slash six after this as well all right i'm curious to hear about yours i got a bunch of random names that popped in my head so i'll just give you what came up first uh i'd love to see obama in the celebrity game i know he's a hooper uh, i know there's like a lot of videos from hooping but i don't think he's ever actually played in the celebrity game yeah, um, I feel like getting him out there would, would be great. That's crazy um, off rip. I'm not even gonna lie. That's a that's a great start. That's a great start. Go ahead, keep going. Uh, this is actually this is the most eclectic group that has just come to my head. But you know, as you know, we've been watching a lot of the one bite pizza reviews from, from Portnoy. <laughs> I'm not even like the biggest Barstool fan, but I have gone on board of those one bite pizza reviews. And it's crazy to say Obama and Portnoy's name next to each other, but I think it would be just a hilarious character to have both either in the game or like on the sideline of the game. He's obviously a big sports fan and just a, and just a funny dude. So hundred percent. Um, I like watching athletes play the celebrity game that are like professional athletes that are in a different sport. Uh, one that came to mind was Mookie. Uh, I think, I know he's a bowler more than anything, uh, but he's also just a great athlete. And I feel like he could be sneaky, good at hoops. Uh, shout out wait before you go on shout out to mookie i've heard about him playing you know pickup games here when he was in boston and stuff like that and man i heard he was cold a cold piece man so yeah mookie's a great pick keep going okay. all right keep going all right good. yeah I, I had a feeling he could hoop um i would say i got two more i feel like he may have been in it i'm thinking about rappers now like i would go with I'm between two chains or Lil Wayne. You could throw both of them in there. I know two chains actually was a hooper and can still hoop. Um, mm -hmm. I know Jay Cole was in it. I don't. It doesn't matter if they were in it or not. This is your 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 top five, baby. I'm throwing two chains in there. Uh, I like to see him hoop, and then uh, you know I like to see SZA get in there. I don't. Know. <laughs> That's another name that came to my head. I feel like okay. we need more female representation in the celebrity all star game, and uh, I'd like to see SZA hoop. Hey, man, I love that list. And it's so funny because I feel like a lot of our lists is, you know, really kind of similar or whatever. Um, but I don't have, a, you know, Obama's a ringer, man. If we could get Obama in a, a celebrity game right now, actually, you know what? This is my me getting on another soapbox. Put Obama in a celebrity game. We need it for the culture. That would be amazing. All right. Here's my starting five, right, hit me, hit five, me. six. Um, I got, you know, one coming off the bench. First, I need Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Oh, nice. I, I think Prime Megatron on the rim, <laughs> lob threats. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. Who's stopping that in a celebrity game? He's going crazy. He's at least getting 25, at least. 
uh, the professor. Shout out oh. to the and one days. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And one was huge yeah. when we were growing up. Uh, I think having the professor, you know what I mean, in the celebrity game would be just fun. He's going to give us that globetrotter energy. He's going to be the one throwing the lobs to Calvin Johnson and dishing it out to people and hitting it off his elbow like, you know, um, Jason Williams or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, we need that definitely in the all-star game. I mean, in the celebrity game. Um, I also want Snoop Dogg. Rapper, like you said, you know, Snoop Snoop used to hoop a little bit, uh, tall, got a jumper, going to be hilarious. Obviously, yeah. he broadcasts as well, and he's always hilarious anytime he gets on a broadcast. So any chance I have to get Snoop mic'd up playing hoop, I can't complain. I like that one. Next, this one kind of goes back because he played in our high school gym in a, you know, open run a little bit. And, you know, I've heard about his hooping skills. I wasn't there that that time that he played, but I've heard about it. Uh, Adam Sandler, man. Adam yeah. Sandler. I think he would be a, for sure. I think he'd be a great way. You know what I mean? Shout out to the Jewish community. You know what I mean? <laughs> his baggy wearing shirt and shorts out there for sure. <laughs> yeah, we need it out there. All right. And then, as you said, we need some female representation. So I put her. I watched nice. that video with her and Mikhail. I like the jumper. So yep. I'm like, I need her on the team. You know what <laughs> I mean? I need her on the team. And then, you know, I did my research about this person. I'm not sure if they would play because they didn't really have a great time shooting this movie or at least preparing for the role. But I need to not Lathan because of love and basketball. Also, another soapbox that I got to stand on. Uh, Quincy. McCall, terrible dude, does not deserve Sanaa in that movie at all, at all. <laughs> terrible dude in that movie. I'm like, this is supposed to be a love story? This is terrible. This guy's awful. He doesn't even deserve the chance. When he hit the girl and said, like, yo, you, you want to come to Burger King with us? I was like, oh, no. That's when he fully lost me. I was like, yeah, bro. I, I, can't, I, can't root. I can't root for it. Oh, can't, can't yeah. root for this love. He, he don't respect you. You know what I'm saying? He don't. So, but uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my five slash six. That's great. Yeah. That's a great list. I'll be entertaining a uh, game for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, I need to ask you. Yeah. About this, shout out to Ace. Another Ace question. <laughs> Which actor would play you in high school? college and then now so three different actors maybe two you know they maybe a couple of them can be the same whatever but your high school aiden your college aiden and your present day aiden what are the actors that are playing you in a movie uh damn this is a good one you know i think if i i'm thinking about like who i was into actor wise when I was in high school, college versus now. And I feel like that's like gonna help de determine my answer. But I feel like, you know, I remember vividly seeing Wolf of Wall Street when we were at uh, Palm Springs basketball tournament. Uh, Leo, also LA native. Uh, he was just like, he still is, you know, revered in people's eyes, including mine. But in high school, I feel like it was a different animal. And Wolf of Wall Street came out like that had people just going crazy. So I feel like mm -hmm. um, having him, a younger Leo, play me in high school would be would be awesome. Um, someone asked me this question recently about like who I would want it to be now, or I guess we can go to college next. 
Um, it's kind of random, but I feel like Shia LaBeouf would be like an interesting actor to have. Uh, okay. He's creative, funny. Uh, I feel like I wouldn't be mad if he, if he played my sort of college days. And then <laughs> my present days, the, when you asked me the question, the first thing that came to my, my mind was the actor who plays House. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, Laurie, I think his name is. And so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have hit, uh, a younger Hugh play, play my current and future Dr. Days. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Good question. You know, shout, out Ace. shout out Ace. Shout out Ace. You know, <laughs> uh, and that really made me think of with the whole actor thing. You love doing impressions. What are your best uh, actor slash character impressions? Ace is truly the one who is better at it than I am. Uh, you know, he he taught me the Borat impression. Uh, I think probably my best one has been for years, and it's not that good, but. Uh, I got to go with Forrest Gump uh, slash Bubba. I do a good, you know, the shrimp, shrimp, boil shrimp, fried shrimp. You know, that shrimp scene, I can go for minutes on that one. And uh, I think I got to go with Forrest Gump. So we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I think that's the one that makes me die out laughing every single time. All right. So we just hit the hour mark and we're going to be wrapping up somewhat shortly here, but we got to get into the music section. All right. All right. Of the of the podcast. And the first thing is I want to do a game with you. Is it okay that we do something new? Obviously, we got video this time. So I figure we do something a little bit new this time. Is that okay with you? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So the game that we're gonna play to get today is very, very simple. It's just name the song based off the lyrics. Now, I'm gonna let you know. These songs that I picked are based off of the knowledge of music that I know that you used to listen to in high school. So <laughs> it gives me, you a little bit of, you know, basis, makes it a little bit easier for you. So you got to go back and think about, you know, what it would be watching Leo in the Aiden <laughs> Fight movie, uh, listening to music and come up with your answers all right is that all cool right. with you? That sounds good you know i i took a four-hour test today so just for all the people out there if, if uh if i don't do well you know i got a little excuse but this sounds good to me i'm ready all right so look here's the first one okay all right. and i'm just gonna read it out so i'm not giving you anything else besides the reading maybe i have a couple cadence in there but i'm not singing the song man you all know right. what i'm saying all right so because my flight too private my ride to private, my flight to private, my show so riot, my jaw so tired, I go all night in my city to the fall. Do you know that one off the top of your head? And I actually, let me read it one more time because I think I said one of the words wrong. So I'm going get it, to get it right this time, all right? Because my life too private, my ride too private, my flight too private, my show so riot, my jaw so tired. I go all night in my city to the fall. This King of the Fall. This is King of the Fall by the weekend. I knew you would get that one off rip. Yes, if, any, if anybody knows, uh, what was that senior year, junior year, oh, Aiden? Oh my God! Shout out Leland. Actually, Leland, Leland King was the first person who like truly put me on on the weekend, and I would always thought it was the craziest thing. To this day, when I hear about it, I think about it because. We'd be on the bus over to the games and everyone would have pump up music on. We'd be bumping like some bangers, really trying to get in the mode. And I remember turning to Leland one day and asking him, you know, what, what are you playing, Leland? He shows me Trilogy. 
Yeah. And it was, and I was, I always thought that it was the craziest thing that he was listening to that before we about to play in a game, but he put me on and, and I still play trilogy probably every single week. So shout out Leland for that. All right. Yeah. All right. So I threw you a little softball that time. You know yep, what I yep. mean? It's going to get a little bit harder this one. And right. the last one, I wouldn't say it's going to be too hard because once again, it's songs that I know that you liked <laughs> back in high school, but all right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Glass half empty, half full, I'll spill ya. Try me and run into a wall, outfielder. You know I'm a ball till they turn off the field lights. The fruits are my labor. I enjoy them while they still ripe. I do it like a king do. Uh, six foot seven foot, right? <laughs> six foot seven foot by Lil Wade. All right, you picked that one up pretty quickly. All right, let's go into the last one. All right, let's see if you can get this one. Um, and for those who didn't know, Aiden used to be a huge, I don't know what he is now, but at least in high school, huge Lil Wayne fan. So I knew that one would be very, very easy. All right, last one. Go really on, all you watching all my watches, stretching out like Pilates, washing in my condo, suicide doors, rest in peace to my car door. Ooh, I might need that one more time, Tay, one more time. Okay, I can hit you one more time. Yeah. Go really on, all you watching all my watches, stretching out like Pilates, washing in my condo, suicide doors, Rest in peace to my car door. <laughs> Damn, you're going to make fun of me, guy. I don't think I know this one. I'm going to beat myself up after. Give me a hint. Uh, this person is known, just like Wayne, for having some really outlandish, funny lines. Okay. So that's a hint. Also, um, they are an Atlanta rapper, an Atlanta rapper, oh, a tall man. Atlanta rapper. So it's two chains. Okay. But why am I blanking on the song name? This is bad. Uh, I'm trying to think of two chains we were bumping when we were in high school. Damn, you might have got to give it to me. I'm sorry, two chains. What are we doing by two chains? Ah, uh, classic. Damn, yeah. we used to play two chains before a lot of games, too. That's bad. I, I lost my touch a little bit. Lost your touch a little bit. I thought that one would be the hardest. Well, that's why I saved that one for last. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Damn. Okay. Kind of want to get into the red light jam section of the podcast. And as people who are close to me know, I, you know, I remind everybody every week, but, you know, I used to sit at the red lights and record a song and, you know, kind of feed it out to my network of people like, hey, this song is a good song that I like for whatever reason, you might like it too. And yeah. so this is the, you know, section where you just kind of put people on, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be me, doesn't have to be anything that I necessarily like. I want to expand in my horizons, but um, this week we, we're starting with the letter F. So um, which song are you choosing? It can be for any reason. Just let me know why. F. There's a lot of good songs. There's a lot of good slow songs that Aiden and Ante would like to sing in the car. Um, 
I got one and it's not going to be what you're expecting by any means, but I'm going to just tell you my, a few, uh, honorable mentions because there's a ton of good apps. I was thinking about family don't matter by young thug mm -hmm. on beautiful Thugger girls. Mm -hmm. Drake has some classic Drake songs start with F you got fire and desire. You got F and fans on his last, mm -hmm. uh, uh, whatever album, one of the recent albums, uh, we got Find your love. Answer by Thug. <laughs> we got a lot of good Fs, but mm -hmm. I had a feeling you might think I choose a rap song, so I think I got to choose a, a old school jam for you. So I'm gonna go with uh, "Forever Mine" by the OJ's. Wow. Yep. Yep. I love that song, man. I yep. wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that from you, man. And look, I, I had to throw you a little so, curveball. I'm so glad you picked that. Actually, tell me why, and then I'll get into why I like that you picked that song. I mean, other than the fact that it's just an amazing song and puts you in a good mood wherever you're at. Um, as you know, I recently got a record player, and I, one of the things I like doing on my free time is going to this record store by the house and just sort of uh, browsing, seeing what they got. And I feel like I've learned a lot of music, especially like older school music, um, through just like throwing on my record. And then, uh, so I, I got that record down there that I play. And then also my mom put me on, uh, to the OJs and she loves oldies. And so I felt like I had to shut my mom out one time and, uh, it just felt like the right vibe for, for the, when you said F. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I like that song. I like that you picked that song during the month of February, black history month. Sure. Actually, you know, I chose, like you said, F was a tough category. I had so many songs that I could have listed and I'm not going to share my honorable mentions just in case I need them, you know, later for later episodes. But, um, I think that, uh, you know, when I was listening through my catalog and going through and trying to find a song, I found that like, there was one that really, really stuck out to me. And I think it's just because it's one of those songs like forever mine that I think makes me think back to like some of the great, uh, you know, black history is just, it can be as big as MLK and it can be as small as, you know, remembering something that you did with your mom, you know what I mean? That helped you get to where you, you know, where you are today. It, you know, it really different, it's really differentiates uh, depending on how you're feeling that day. And when I was going through my catalog, uh, forever mine, really reminded me of like good old times of like sitting in the car with like my grandparent or my aunties and uncles and all of that other stuff. And then, uh, I actually, a song that made me feel really in touch when I was a kid with like my like black self, you know, and like, uh, just, you know, being a young African American male at the time, uh, and I wasn't listening to the words. So I want to say that at first, like it wasn't the, a words thing. It was really just feeling like connected through like the rhythm and like people who are talking, how people around me talked and just feeling like uh, really Afrocentric. And this album even has like, you know, the the red, the yellow, the green, you know, which are like the Pan-African uh, colors and stuff like that. Uh, the song that, that I chose for my red light jam is Find a Way by A Tribe Called Quest. That's and well, that song, I actually wanted to kind of shout, shout it out because a few days ago, uh, Jay Dilla would have been 50 and he helped produce that song. And um, Moose actually posted it like 
a couple of days after I had chose that, like that song that Jay Dilla had, you know, passed away and stuff like that uh, 50 years ago, like, or like he would have been 50 or something like that at the time. So, uh, yeah, I really, 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 really do appreciate you choosing that song. I know I kind of rambled a little bit. Uh, my lights flickered off on me <laughs> uh you know having some technical difficulties on the first uh video podcast that i'm putting out but yeah man i think that you know with it being black history month you didn't even know that was the direction that i was going to go uh it just so happened that you know they kind of fit so yeah, i love that that's a great yeah it's, it's so just a nostalgic song and makes you yeah it takes you back so that's a good one but shout out tribe too that's a great call on, on your behalf i actually just got a tribe record the last time i was at that record store so i've been meaning to bump it so i'll do that when we're done filming this so yeah yeah great yeah call. the record score is is dope back when we had amoeba i actually bought a tribe shirt from amoeba records uh rest in peace to amoeba records you know yeah. what i'm saying um but yeah i you know, I agree. Tribe is lit. Love them. They feel so Afrocentric. Anytime that I listen to them, it just it just feels like, you know, like the pinnacle of like black rapper group. You know what I'm saying? So um, too bad that they're not still, you know, rocking together now. But uh, yeah, great group. All right. Wrapping it up. Yeah. I just need to know. What do you want to shout out that your friends or your family or yourself, uh, that that anything that you know that you have going on in your life that you just want to talk about and let the people know about? Um, you know, got to shout out Ace for another time. He's, that's my brother who grew up uh, on the same street. We moved in, uh, you know, five houses down and we were six months old. So he's as pretty far back as you can go. Um, Got to shout out the Fresh Five, Ante. You know, you know, we had the the, the five of us uh, seniors at, at Brentwood. I feel like it would be doing a disservice to all of them if we didn't shout them out. But um, no, just up, I'm up in Boston, just grinding with med school. I'm um, you know going to go pick a, a specialty at some point and just going to continue down this path. But um, you know, if anybody listening uh, or anyone that hears this is interested in in medical career, whether it be doctor, or nurse, whatever, whatever uh, medical adjacent career. Uh, feel free to hit me up. I'd love to talk about it, share my experience, and then, uh, you know, see if we can steer you in that direction. So, but mainly just shout you out, Tay. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm proud of you getting this, uh, getting this podcast going, having the first video uh, episode. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have you out in Boston now. So and sort of reconnect with that. So just grateful to, to be rambling with you. So, so thank you. <laughs> Yeah, man. And shout out to you. I appreciate you for coming on this week. Uh, that was a fun conversation. One of the most fun conversations I've had in a long, in a long while, uh, on camera, off camera, it doesn't matter. So I really appreciate you, uh, coming out and doing that with me this week. So yeah, shout out to Aiden fight and, uh, we out. Yes, sir. Peace.